0: Welcome to the Holistic Psychiatry Podcast. I'm Courtney Snyder, a physician and holistic child and adult psychiatrist. In today's episode, I'll be talking about mold toxicity and the brain, specifically the 10 ways that mold toxins can lead to brain symptoms. Mold toxicity is a surprisingly common and important player when it comes to brain symptoms, You won't find it, though, mentioned in the research on ADHD, dementia, panic, OCD, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, addiction, or depression. But for those of us who treat mold toxicity, we will tell you that it is a very common cause of cognitive issues, psychosis, brain fog, mood swings, fatigue, anxiety, high anxiety, such as panic, obsessive-compulsive symptoms, and depression. It's not the only root cause, but it tends to cause and interact with other root causes. It is often the root of the roots. Seemingly 25% of people are unable to make antibodies to mold toxins. Add to that the 50% of buildings that have water damage and you have a lot of people who are unknowingly becoming toxic while spending time in affected homes, schools, workplaces, cars, dorms, and nurseries. We, that would be mold literate doctors, now realize that it's actually closer to 75% of buildings having water damage. Even that may be conservative. Many inspectors will say it's closer to 100%. Mold toxins impact the brain in many ways and often dramatically because it is so common and because we usually see significant benefit With treatment, I recommend testing in most, but not all, of the patients that I treat. If you're reading this or following on my Substack newsletter, I have an example of what a mold toxin um, test looks like from a real-time lab, and that's the urine mycotoxin testing that I use. Now, on to the 10 ways mold toxins can contribute to brain symptoms. Number one, limbic system dysfunction. The limbic system is the part of the brain involved in our behavior and emotional responses that relate to our survival. When there is a threat, in this case, mold toxins, our limbic system lets our autonomic nervous system, which I'll talk about next, And parts of the brain know that there's a problem. Our brain tries to make sense of this, tries to identify a danger usually outside of us. What we perceive as dangerous may have some meaning from a past experience. This can lead to excessive thoughts or obsessions, followed by attempts to remove a perceived threat. For example, it could be contamination fears, followed by excessive cleaning, consistent with an OCD diagnosis. It could be extreme perfectionism. I think of this as an attempt to control the environment or our body, or in some cases even trying to control our thoughts, as a way to feel safe. The second way that mold toxins can contribute to brain-related symptoms is through autonomic nervous system dysfunction. The autonomic nervous system is sometimes referred to as the brain in the body. It operates outside of conscious awareness and reacts automatically and is in part influenced by the limbic system that I just mentioned. The autonomic nervous system has two main parts. When there is a threat or a perceived threat, the sympathetic part puts us into fight Flight or shutdown. So that we'll have changes in our heart rate, blood pressure, um, breathing. And when we're not in this state, the parasympathetic part, um, if you're familiar with the vagus nerve, that's what I'm talking about here, that has us in rest and digest and allows us to engage with others. Mold toxicity can put us into fight, so we can be irritable or agitated in some cases, flight, and have the feeling of, uh, get me out of here, or shut down. So this can be checking out, could be severe depression, derealization, or depersonalization. That's where we feel like things around us aren't real, or that we're outside of ourselves. It can become difficult to rest, digest, and feel comfortable around people, if we have mold toxicity the third way mold toxins impact the brain is through inflammation and keep in mind the immune system is intimately intertwined with the central nervous system inflammation from mold toxins can look like a lot of things since inflammation can impact any system in the body but inflammation can also impact many systems all at once largely due to mast cells. These are the first responders of the immune system. Mold toxicity can put mast cells on high alert, just as it does with the limbic and autonomic nervous system. In this state of high alert, it doesn't take much for mast cells to destabilize and release histamine and other inflammatory messengers. The result can be a lot of random symptoms with a lot of random triggers. Certain foods, supplements, medication, chemicals, stress, even electromagnetic fields. Someone might feel like they're reacting to everything. Though not in the brain, mass cells communicate with inflammatory cells called microglial cells that are in the brain. Inflammation in the brain interferes with communication between nerves causing a range of symptoms such as brain fog, fatigue, anxiety, panic, even feelings of doom, and so forth. Together, mast cells and microglial cells can cause a mix of physical and brain symptoms. In some cases, this can feel like having the flu. Chronic inflammation leads to neurodegeneration or death of neurons, causing symptoms of dementia. Number four, gut microbiome issues. There are many ways our gut impacts our brain. Aside from causing an exaggerated immune response, as I just described, mold toxicity can also cause an ineffective immune response that results in the overgrowth of problematic microbes. These gut microbe imbalances can lead to leaky gut which is permeability of the lining of the gastrointestinal tract that allows food particles and toxins to get through and be reacted to. SIBO, or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, can also be a consequence, as can other microbial imbalances, including candida overgrowth. Each of these add to inflammation and often further toxicity. The fifth way that mold toxicity can affect the brain is through food sensitivities. Because mold toxins can contribute to a dysregulated immune system, gut permeability, and gut microbial imbalances, there's a whole range of food-related issues that can occur. Reacting to specific foods or food families adds to the inflammation. Someone with mold toxicity may find themselves reacting to foods high in oxalates, which are actually made by mold and candida, histamine, sulfur, and or salicylates. Not the least, there can be reactivity to sugar and carbohydrates as mold, just like yeast, can thrive on these. Whether it's reactivity to a food family or a specific food, brain symptoms are fairly common. Number six, Infection or a colonization, mold itself can colonize the sinuses or gastrointestinal tract and thus can be a source of mold toxins in addition to those from outside water damage. Because of the way mold toxins interfere with the immune system, candida or yeast can become more likely to overgrow or be treatment resistant. Candida is also fungal but it's a normal gut microbe. Problems with Lyme and its co-infections, such as Bartonella or Babesia, as well as viruses, parasites, and other microbes can also become more problematic. Each of these, with their own biotoxins, can add to the inflammation and toxic load. Number seven, and I should mention here these aren't in a particular order, But oxidative stress is another consequence of mold toxicity. Like other toxins, mold toxins can cause a depletion, basically a using up of our protective antioxidants. At some point, that protection can become overwhelmed, resulting in a lot of downstream issues. This could mean a depletion of glutathione, which is arguably the most important antioxidant we have, It can also mean a depletion of zinc, which is important in gut health, the immune system, and the functioning of brain chemicals. So from my standpoint, zinc is a big player. Low zinc can cause copper levels to go up. High copper can cause low dopamine, resulting in poor attention. High adrenaline, which can contribute to anxiety, hyperactivity, and insomnia. And high pyrroles can be another sign of oxidative stress. As pyrroles leave the body through the urine, they can take some zinc and B6. And we need B6 to make serotonin, dopamine, and GABA. Number eight, mold toxins can impact the expression of our genetic variants. How toxic we are, or rather how much oxidative stress we have, impacts the expression of our genes. Of our unique 1,000 plus genetic variants, some have to do with neurotransmitter functioning. Some have to do with how easily we become toxic. Some have to do with how easily we clear histamine, which impacts the brain. Some have to do with methylation and how much neurotransmitter activity we have. Many of these SNPs we may never hear from, but for having mold toxicity. Number nine, Mold toxicity can impact hormonal imbalances. So just as with the immune system, things can become dysregulated here as well. And again, there is not a set pattern. How our endocrine system reacts depends on our unique genetic vulnerabilities, our age, how toxic we are, and for how long. For example, one person may have high cortisol, fitting with high stress, and someone else may be fully into adrenal fatigue, both with very different brain impacts and symptoms. I would say the same for sex hormones, such as estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. Number 10, autoimmunity. Basically, this is when our immune system, which should be targeting things like problematic microbes, gets confused and starts targeting specific areas of the brain that can cause obsessions, compulsions, and or psychosis. Mold toxicity is often causing that confusion. The most well-known example of autoimmunity in the brain is PANDAS, Pediatric Autoimmune Neuropsychiatric Disorder Associated with Streptococcal Infections. This can look like a dramatic onset of OCD after having a strep infection. PANS, or Pediatric Acute Onset Neuropsychiatric Syndrome, is very similar, but from other microbes besides strep. Autoimmune psychosis can result in a relatively abrupt onset of hallucinations and delusions. Again, I think of autoimmunity as being a root, but with a deeper root, usually mold toxicity. You may be wondering if mold toxins and mold get into the brain. It appears from the emerging research that they can. This is a topic that I'll be delving into more deeply for paid subscribers this week on Substack. If you are interested in getting these newsletters or podcasts directly into your email each week, please consider subscribing at CourtneySnyderMD.com. Until next time, take care.